Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Father, for hearts and lives that receive afresh this morning, we thank you that it has been finished, it is done. Thank you that every spiritual blessing is available to us, has been poured out, has been given. Thank you for your spirit here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we're not relying on man-made effort this morning. We're not relying on the wisdom of Brad or humanity or anything. We're relying on your spirit this morning. So be the teacher this morning, Holy Spirit. Be the preacher. Be the prophet. Be whatever you want to be this morning. We just relax and receive and, and are expectant to hear from you this morning, Father. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it is true. We thank you that uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And everyone who believes it said, Amen, Amen. Thank you, worship team. My name's Brad, and if I haven't met you yet, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's great to see you this morning. Thanks, James. It's good to be back. When I say back, I haven't preached for a couple of weeks, so uh, good to be through the Rona and on the other side. And uh, I love preaching the Word of God. So for me, yeah, I really feel it when I'm not getting into it. So, so I hope you're ready this morning. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yes, I've got a good word this morning for us. This, and um, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be looking in, um, in Luke chapter 5, or your devices, your tablets, whatever you are going on. Uh, but first of all, I, I heard about a guy that uh, he passed away and he's gone to heaven. He's at the pearly gates as the story goes. And there's St. Peter. And St. Peter says, uh, he says, look, not everyone gets this, but I'm going to give you the, the full tour of heaven. And so he, he goes for a walk and he opens up one door. And St. Peter whispers really quietly. He says, shows him all the people there, closes the door really quietly. And he goes, what's in there? He goes, oh, that's, that's all the Baptists. He goes to the next door and he said, opens the door and he says, oh, quietly closes it. And he says, who was that? He says, oh, that, that, that was all the Presbyterians. Goes to the next door. The story goes on. And he opens another door and he says, well, who was in there? He says, that's, that's the Anglicans. And he opens another door and there's a group of people in there and whispers. And he says, who was that? He says, oh, that was all the people that voted for. You finish the sentence. And he says, uh, anyway, gets to the end. And this guy goes, he goes, look, just, I've just got one question for you. And St. Peter goes, what's that? He goes, why are you whispering? He goes, oh, they think they're the only ones here. <laughs> and, you know, heaven is going to be a place of diversity, amen? And uh, as a church, we celebrate diversity here at Kalamunda, that it doesn't matter where, what your background is, it doesn't matter denominational stuff. I mean, we'll even welcome Collingwood supporters here. And I know there's a couple in the place, and, uh, and so that's how much grace we've got at Kalamunda. But, you know, we're looking at this series at the moment about belonging, about being, being part of a family. And I, I, this is a passionate on my heart because, you know, um, the last couple of weeks were great to hear from Morrow uh, about peace. And, and Gigi, just a wonderful message last week about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness and family. And, and, and we're looking at this because it's so important because at the end of the day, that's what we are. That's what Jesus died for. He died for his church. He died for a family. You know, the, the whole Bible could be summed up in God getting his kids back. 
God wants his kids back. And that's, that's the whole thing of what we're here for. And, and, he, and he loves family. And uh, last week, uh, you know, forgiveness is a big part of being a family. I want to speak this morning about another big part of being a family of God. Something like forgiveness almost that separates us from the world as Christians is that we are actually a family of faith. Faith is the difference this morning. While you're sitting here praising and singing to someone you cannot see is because of a thing called faith. And we are a family of faith and in the, in the this sense of belonging and community, I tell you what, you need, we need people of faith around us. That's why connect groups and small group ministry is so important is because you need to be in environments of faith. Environments of faith is what changed my life and environments of faith will continue to change lives today. Amen. That's the difference this morning. Luke chapter 5, verse 17, we see a small group with faith. And that's what I want to look at this morning. Luke 5, verse 17 says this. It's a great story, true story. One day Jesus was teaching and the church people, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. Catch this. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Isn't it good that that's the same truth today? The power of the Lord is still with Jesus to heal the sick. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they gave up and went home. No, I didn't say that, does it? They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20 is my sermon. This is the title, really. When Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their... Who's he, he's speaking of the people that brought a man that could in his own strength not get to Jesus. Jesus saw a group of people and what he noticed about them was their, not their fashion, not their anything else, but their faith. That's a powerful, powerful verse. He said, friend, he then looked at this guy after seeing their faith. He then looks at the paralyzed man and says, your sins are forgiven. Seems a little inappropriate, doesn't it? I think it's pretty obvious why I'm here. Uh, I, I think I need some help, Jesus. What is this about sins being forgiven? Verse 21, the Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who blasphemy, speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And they're exactly right. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk. Well, really, both of these things are impossible, to forgive sins or to tell him to get up and walk, unless there's one thing that makes them possible, and that is if you are God. Uh, Jesus noticed before he deals with the external, he deals with the internal. 
And isn't that so like God? That's what's most important as the family of God is not dealing with the external, but really it starts with the internal. The most important message we have is the message of forgiveness of sins. The most important thing we carry more than, more than being healthy and whole and having something healed is having your heart healed, is having your sins forgiven, being clean and being right with God right now. That is the most important thing. Jesus gets to the heart of the matter. And as a church, that is the most important part of who we are. We need to remember the primary calling of a church to see people come into relationship with Jesus and have their sins forgiven. We see that Jesus uses this miracle to prove his claim to have authority to forgive sins, his power in the visible realm over this paralyzed person established his authority in the spiritual realm to forgive sins. And yes, they are right. That's blasphemy unless you are God. Verse 24, but I want you to know, Jesus said, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. (laughs) I love it. Immediately, not after some prayer, not after some fasting, but immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we've seen remarkable things today. We have seen remarkable things today. The Amplified says they were all astonished and they began glorifying God and they were filled with reverential fear and kept on saying, we have seen wonderful and incredible things today. It wasn't just a passing comment. Something filled their life, filled their heart. And I don't know about you, but my heart, I'm living for the day where Sunday, we saw remarkable things today. Not next week, not in a year's time. But today, because God is in the house, some of the remarkable things we won't see with our eyes, but we'll know in our hearts. Some of the remarkable things you'll walk away with, but no one will know because it's internal. And some of the remarkable things will be external, where visibly you go, wow, look at the difference that Jesus makes. Oh, I love that thought, remarkable things. And so as I look at this, remarkable things come from remarkable faith. Um, remarkable things come from remarkable faith in this story. And that's what I want to look at this morning because I find it amazing that Jesus saw their faith and it made a difference. We've really got to get that in our hearts, that our faith makes a difference. What can we learn from their faith? A few things on faith this morning. Number one, we notice that faith gets the attention of God. Uh, All through Jesus' ministry, you don't just see him responding to needs. It's not just, oh, there's a need, there's a need, there's a need. Sometimes ministry is about needs, but really what we always see Jesus respond to in a person, and it's the same today, is faith. This is so true in different areas where, and we sung about it today, that woman with the issue of blood as, as, as the robe of Jesus is healing in his wings, in his garment come through. This, this woman snuck up behind Jesus on this day and, and went after him. And, and, and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And when that happened, Jesus made a statement and said, your faith has made you well. In the same chapter, two blind men following Jesus into a house crying out for mercy um, to be healed. Uh, and Jesus says to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They say, yes, Lord, we believe. Verse 29, Jesus touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. That's a powerful statement. According to your faith, let it be to you. 
See, God has done everything. He just wants us by faith to receive from Him. It's faith isn't working it up. Uh, we see the 10 lepers in Luke 17. When one comes back, Jesus said to that leper that was healed, your faith has made you well. The next slide, I'll keep it on that slide, thank you. Hebrews 11 verse 1 is the dictionary definition of faith. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of what we do not see. Or in that translation, now faith is the substance, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's, it's attached to what you're hoping for and faith is that, hands that substance of believing and trusting God. One person said this, faith is simply um, do, uh, acting like God, what God says is true. Faith is acting like what God said is actually true. Faith is not something, as I said, of the power of positive thinking. It's not uh, the, something we, can, we must write, but faith is from God. It's completely trusting God. Let me read this quote to you. It says this, faith is the connecting power into the spiritual realm which links us with God and makes Him become a tangible reality to the sense perceptions of a person. Faith is the basic ingredient to begin a relationship with God. Faith is the assurance that things revealed and promised in the Word of God are true, even though unseen, and gives the believer a conviction that what he expects in faith will come to pass. Faith is the tangible essence of what is hoped for. Hebrews 11.6 tells us the why of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to God must come believing, trusting that He exists and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith, the why of faith is because we need to trust God. God is a faith God, really. Faith pleases Him. It makes God happy. And it's not that He's not happy with you. Faith is just where He's longing us to live because He wants us to live by faith. Another scripture, Romans 10, 17, where do I get faith? Consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, faith on the inside of you, as I said, will come from God speaking to you. That's why so I love preaching. That's why I love getting together the church gathered or in a small group when you're gathered together. Because when you get around the word of God, the word of God has power and potential to cause faith to rise on the inside of you. I mean, you've already, to each man has been given the measure of faith. You have it there. But the word of God is what feeds your faith. It's God's word that brings it alive. And, and when you hear a word from God that you sense, hey, that's from God, then faith rises up on the inside and you realize, hey, I, I have that. It's there. But, but the Word of God is so powerful for faith. And that's why as the family of God, we need to, if we want to be a, a people of faith, are a people of the Word. And they really are. A people of the Word because the Word of God will override feelings and live in the place of faith. It's so powerful. D.L. Moody, the great preacher, said this, It is not for me to sit down and wait for faith to come stealing over me with a strong sensation, but it is for me to take God at His word. See, faith has feet. Faith is an action word. And, and, and it acts and it's a verb, it's a doing word. And as we live by faith, we are the difference in the world. That's what I want to really want to encourage us with this morning, is that, man, that we, we need each other. We need the church, just like this paralyzed man needed his friend. But his friends had faith. And I just want to give you a few ingredients 
of what this faith looks like and maybe challenge our lives today to do do we are we that community do i have this sort of faith in my life or around me is that cool so here we go number one now, uh, the thing about we see being a family of faith, being a people of faith, number one on the next slide, is that we see that faith moves people with burdens, uh, moved by brokenness. Actually, that is the last slide. You can leave it there. I'm going to finish on that in a minute. I don't have the points for this. So if you're taking notes and you're not really on Facebook, Instagram, then write these points down. Faith starts with a burden. Like, like it's move. It, it'll move you. But what is it about it? It's because there's a burden. Notice that these friends... Uh, these friends of this man obviously were hanging out with him. They saw his situation. They saw a paralyzed friend and they had a vision of a better future for this guy. They were like, I don't think life has to be like this. Why? Because they heard that Jesus was in town. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He is the living word of God. They heard, hey, Jesus is around and he's healing. And as they hear that, they say, you know, we're going to be moved with compassion and with a burden. They pick up their mate and go, you know what? There's a better thing for you. We're believing that Jesus can do this. And faith starts to move. I love that thought. Um, God sees us. And God was moved with a burden for humanity. So much so that he didn't just stay in heaven and leave us in our sin. But the burden of love for us caused him to leave the throne of heaven and come and put skin on to come and be who we could never be, to be the man that would pay and die for our sin. And it was a burden that moved God. And so it is with this situation. We must have a burden. See, if we want to be a people of faith, we need to have a burden for the brokenness around us. Are we really concerned about the paralyzed people? Are we really concerned about the people that can't get themselves to Jesus? And you know that no one really can, unless the Father draws them. That's why the Word of God says we need to be a people of faith, a people of prayer. In the songs we're singing this morning, we're so relevant to this message that we, as we pray, as we bring people to Jesus in prayer, as we have a burden for them, but we've really got to ask ourselves the question, do we really care? Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, said it this way. He said, have you no wish for others to be saved? Be sure of this, you're not saved yourself. It's the first thing about that when you come to Jesus, there's this burden. And as, as, as a preacher, I just want to, I want to light a fire for, in your burden. I want to encourage us by the word of God just to light a fire under that, that there will be a, a sense of, of a burden for, for what, what God can do in people's lives, for people that are paralyzed in addiction, for people that are paralyzed in fear, paralyzed in doubt, paralyzed in hopelessness, that there will be a burden that moves us to act in faith. Faith will always be moved by a burden. Number two, faith will cause you to overcome obstacles. Cause you to overcome obstacles. What is it that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Jesus promised in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. We, we are overcomers. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And we see in the story they could not find a way to get this man to Jesus because of a thing called the crowd. So they went up on the roof and I could just imagine them starting to peel away these tiles of the day and peeling up in this dirt. And Jesus is in the middle of this room and he's teaching and just there's these amazing oracles of wisdom coming out of his mouth. And as one word comes out, he's just a bit of dirt falls and gets him in the mouth. And he's like, oh, yuck. And he's peeling dirt and then a bit more dirt and starting to sort of all go all around him. And next minute, these guys have 
coming through the roof. They're overcoming an obstacle. They're not, faith, you know, faith just doesn't give up on one prayer. Faith is just like, oh, well, maybe it's God's will for this guy to be paralyzed. No, faith says, I've seen what the will of God is in the word of God. I've heard that Jesus is the healer and he's healing. This is the word of God, the will of God. We're going to keep on going in faith. Because it's not in what I believe. It's not in my experience. It's in what the word says. So often we let our experience dictate our theology. And God says, no, I want my, your theology to dictate your experience. See it in the Word. See it in your life. And, and that's, that's the challenge. But they, these guys, I just love it. They're overcoming the obstacle of the crowd. And so often we can let the crowd stand between us and living by faith. When we come against an obstacle, whether it's the crowd around us that are, that, that are actually a hindrance to us, we need to get up and above that and be who God's called us to be. Amen. You're an overcomer. Faith says there is always a way. It's the evidence of things unseen. You don't have to see a way and you can still have faith. You can still have trust in God. That's where it's required. We will overcome obstacles, physical obstacles. But notice there was more than physical obstacles in the room that day. There were spiritual obstacles. There was the, the churches, the religious people. The, the criticizers, the, they're not even interested in seeing the power of God at display. They're too busy critiquing his sermon and critiquing his, uh, who is he really and is he blasphemy and things like that. And so often, sometimes, you can get so entrenched in church stuff that you miss the whole point. That we just actually don't even see what God is doing right in front of us because we're too busy looking at how things are done or, or what's going on over here and we're missing the miracle in front of us. So there can be spiritual obstacles to living by faith. And um, I just love that thought where Paul said, I want you to fight the good fight of faith. The only church fighting that should ever happen is the fight of faith. <laughs> and what is that? It's the fight, to, it's, it's, it's just to believe and trust God. That's what he said, fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because you've already won, just believe. That's the real labor that I have in my life is just to believe and to trust God's word. That's the fight. That's all we've got to do. And as you're doing that and you're trusting his word, that is the fight of faith to overcome. Jesus saw these people would not give up and he thought, you know, that, that's, that's faith. I love that thought. What about you today? What is it that you're praying? What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you've given up on? What is it that God's calling you to trust me again for? And say, Lord, I'm not going to give up. Another thing I see about faith with these people is that their faith is a now thing. Hebrews 11 says, now faith. And what I want to say about that is faith has urgency about it. It's, it's, not, it's not relaxed in back in the armchair. Faith, that's what I'm saying, is active. There's an urgency. And, and, you know, they didn't say, well, you know what, the crowds are big here today. Let's go away. Let's see if we can book an appointment. Let's go another time. No, faith, now faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things Hope for the evidence of things not seen. There's like this sort of urgency because they knew that their friend needed this today. And we have the most urgent message in the, on the planet, don't we? We have the most urgent thing to live for, the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
to be his hands and to be his feet. It's not something to say, you know what, well, when I, when I finish school, then I'll get serious about God and I'll, I'll, I'll really start living for him. Or when I get a job, I'll, I'll, I'll get serious for God. Or when, I, when I'm married, I'll get serious. Or when I'm retired, or next minute I'll be in heaven and I'll look him back going, what have I wasted? But the time is now to live for Jesus. The time is now to sell out and say, God, my whole life is yours because tomorrow is not promised to any man or woman. Amen. It's just not promised, so why waste our lives? Why waste the next moment? Why waste this afternoon? Why waste the say to God, let me have eyes to see the opportunities like these people and an urgency about my life. That that person that's checking out my stuff at Woolworths is not just a person at a checkout. It's a child of God, someone created in the image of God that he loves. And they're probably paralyzed in stuff that you can't see. And maybe today, just my voice, just my smile, just my presence can be a touch of God for their life an urgency about everything. I'm not saying to turn into a weirdo and go to the, the school water fountain and say, you know what, you can drink this water, but you will thirst again. I'm not saying to do weird things. I'm not saying to be spooky. Just be spiritual. <laughs> and that's it, that, to have this touch of God on your life and to know that I'm living by faith. Francis Chan, a great preacher, said this, we have become dangerously comfortable Believers ooze with wealth and let their addictions to comfort and security numb the radical urgency of the gospel. That's a sobering sentence, isn't it? And that comes from a preacher, a man that, 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 that quit his church when, when he felt that it had become all about things that it wasn't meant to. And he decided to resign from a mega church that he might have all the things, we might have all the lights, we might have all the stuff, all the bells and whistles. But if we lose the passion for the gospel, we've lost our purpose as a church. And the urgency is a now urgency. Jesus saw a people that were urgent. And when you get urgent, you are willing to sacrifice. And these guys were willing to sacrifice. Maybe they had appointments that day that they had to miss. Maybe they had the footy on TV and they didn't get to watch it that day. Maybe there was something that they had to sacrifice to go, the urgency for this man is far more important. How is it in your heart this morning? I'm preaching to myself too this morning. Is my heart beating with an urgency for the gospel? Is that what's really, when I get up in the morning, is that my first thought, Jesus, today? Or have I let that love and that urgency grow cold and the things of the world have cluttered my urgency. The next thought I had on this as I'm reading this story and looking at these men bringing this paralyzed man is that it really is the power of a small group. A small, it doesn't take many, just take that small group. You know, the power of, I want to challenge you this morning. Do you have a group of people around you? You don't have to be in a formal connect group at this church to tick a box. That's not what connect groups are about. And we're starting just small there's, there's not a lot of groups that have started, but we're just starting small because we want it to work with your journey. We want it to work in your life, but it might not be the formal thing, but can I challenge you with this? Do you have people in your life that can pick you up when you're paralyzed? Do you have people in your life that can see what's really going on in your world? Do you have people in your life that will stick closer than a brother to you that you can call any time or any day and say, I need some help? Because that's the power of a connect group. And the thing about that connect group, when you look back in history and you study the Greek and Hebrew, some of them barracked for different footy teams. I don't really know that. But they were for different people. 
Who knows, they may have gone to different churches, <laughs> different synagogues, but they were united and faith unites people. Faith is what brings us together here today. We can be so different and have so many different views on so many different things, but it's that faith of a community of faith that brings us together that can actually, God can touch your heart to love some people in this room that you wouldn't normally love. And isn't it our prayer that when people come and check out Kalamunda Church, it's not just that they have great worship and hear a sermon, but that they feel the love of people that care, that actually want to take the time and get to know them. That's what I want to be known for, yeah? That this isn't a religious organization. This is a relational group of people that love you. Lord, do that more in our heart. These people were unified. They were together. And as Abby comes back up in the team, they were sent. Notice this in the scripture. It says that they took the man and they put him right, love it, right in front of Jesus. That's real ministry. Real ministry and, and real faith will not bring people to to, to the self-help program that, that, that may be necessary, counselling necessary, professional help necessary. But we have the real ingredient as Christians that faith brings people to Jesus. We don't have faith in faith, right? We don't just have faith in faith. Oh, I just believe. No, we have faith in a person who is unquestionable, unchallengeable, who will never let you down. Our faith is in Jesus. And they put him right in front of Jesus sometimes as a church. We just got to do all that we can do and leave the rest up to Jesus. You don't have to heal anybody, praise the Lord, because you can't. But the Spirit in you has already healed people. Think about that. Think about that. This grabbed me. This just got me. The Spirit inside of you, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Think about that. The same Spirit. That Spirit inside of you raised Lazarus from the dead. Think about it. That Spirit inside of you turned water into wine. Amen. Again, an amen now. That spirit inside of you has been healing and doing miracles for centuries. And it's in you. It's a, you. So you don't go, when you pray for somebody, don't go, oh, I've never seen anybody healed. Your spirit has seen Lazarus rise from the dead. It's the same spirit of Christ. And it's also the same spirit that was there in creation. Whew, that's powerful. That is really, really powerful. And that's the spirit the Bible talks about. We have the same spirit of faith. Wow, I've just got something out of that myself. That was good. Right in front of Jesus. That's where we're taking people. An old African proverb, say, proverb says this. There is only one crime worse than murder in the desert. And that is to know where the water is and not tell anybody. <laughs> only, I love that thought. We know where the water is. These men knew where the water was. And they were getting him to the living waters, to Jesus. And I just love that they took him. The story goes on. He says, Jesus sees this man. He says, get up, take your mat and go home. And they, they, they say, oh man, we've stood up. He stood up immediately. I think that's the last screen there. That's okay. We're finishing it. We're closing in. But I want to leave us with a, a sense of what God wants to do in your heart. It's the remarkable things that they saw was the testimony not just of this paralyzed man that Jesus changed his whole life. It wasn't just a physical miracle, but one of the remarkable things that they saw that day was the other guys. The, it, that was the remarkable thing. They, Jesus, the miracle was probably nothing for Jesus. Yeah, get up and walk, come on. But I saw a remarkable thing. I saw a community of faith that had urgency, 
that worked together, that, 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 that had a burden for their friend. And, I, and Jesus looked at them and said, oh, that's faith. And you, you know what? They, they're taking me at my word. They really believe that I can heal this guy. That's the remarkable thing they saw. The other remarkable thing is that this man came in on something that carried him. But when he left, what used to carry him, he now carried. And God would have you leave today to touch your heart. He would love you to leave with the things that are carrying you, the things that, are, that you're relying on that are not Jesus, that, that, that you would no longer be carried on that, relying on that, but rather you can pick them things up and say, I used to rely on this. This used to be my addiction. This used to be the thing that, that, held, that, I, could, could, that I was lying on. But today I take it out as a testimony to say there is one person who can get you to pick up the stuff that you don't need and walk out and say, praise Jesus. And that's where we're going to land now. I want to pray for us this morning. If you're here this morning and you don't feel that freedom of faith inside of you, that, that, that freedom of walking free in God, I'm not saying you're perfect. We've all got issues. Everyone's got something they're going through. And any preacher, you don't have to be a prophet to say, I could say anything and probably relate to somebody. But I'm talking about when you know there is God pounding on the door of your heart saying, hey, I want to deal with that today. I know when the Holy Spirit wants to minister into your life today and you know that sensing because you've been trusting in your own strength and today's the day to say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You've never trusted Jesus. The Bible says that's how it starts, by trusting, putting your faith in Him to believe that He is the the Son of God that died on the cross for your sin and rose again to live in you. That's a step of faith. And once you take that step, that's why we have a next step area out there in our church foyer. It's the, because there is another step and there's another step. And the Bible says we walk and live by faith. We've got to keep trusting. We've got to keep trusting. Not mustering, but keep on trusting. And we keep walking by faith. Would you stand with me as we pray? If you want to just be comfortable to close your eyes and stand just just the Lord this morning. I just want to take this moment, let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart. I just trust Him so much that I know He can do whatever He wants to do in you. Lord, as we're here before You, You know every life. I just feel in my heart to pray for people also listening online at the moment that will listen to this sermon. And I feel to pray right now for people that have given up on things that they've seen in your word, but they've watered it down. The word said it, but I didn't see it, so I can't believe it anymore. Father, would you cause us to be quickened by your word, Holy Spirit in our spirit, that causes faith to rise again. God's saying, I believe my heart, just, just trust me. Believe me, you can trust me. I'm not a liar, he says. I'm not an earthly father figure. I am your heavenly, perfect dad. I love you so much. And anything in your life that you think, I, you think I'm angry about, it's just not true. I just love you. So, Father, this morning, we just bring our hearts and lives to you. Father, I just pray for people that need to take that step and say, Lord, I'm trusting again. I'm believing again. Lord, I, I don't want to, I know I don't have to muster it up, but I'm just relaxing and receiving what you've already done. Help me to fight the good fight of faith 
today, Lord. Help me to fight the good fight of faith every day and to believe and trust your word. I want to pray right now for people, and this may be for you today, that you've lost the hunger for God's word. In fact, someone, you've never even had it. You can't, the Bible is boring to you. It's so hard to read. Lord, I'm praying by your spirit for a fresh hunger, for a hunger for the living word of God, for the promises of God, Lord, in our lives that we would devour, that we'd go after it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Folks, so I just pray fresh hunger over people this morning, that the Bible would become alive to you, not an old book, but a conversation with your dad just pray that over us, Father. And I just pray for any person here that if you need to come forward and just receive prayer, we'd love to pray with you. I'm going to hand it over to the worship team, but let's remain in an attitude of prayer and worship.